1: I want the scoop.
2: Baby. Scoop, scoop baby all right back from the state Fair Zolgad and Doogie and uh, and that tune Darren Doogie Wilson means that it is scoop time so we've got essentially as much time as you want until stuff at 10:30 for you to deliver. The, uh, the scoops from the Minnesota sporting scene as far as what's going on with, well, heck, we got the Wolves, we got the Wild, we got the Twins, Vikings, Golfers, whatever you want, wherever you want to start, the stage, literally in this case, the stage is yours. You're up against the
3: no clock right now. All yours, Doogie.
2: So what you
4: two gentlemen are suggesting is you just want to get that much closer to 1 o'clock when you can put this place in your rear view mirror. You just want me to fill the next 30 minutes. No,
2: that's not true because what I can tell you right now is we all know the Scoop podcast does incredibly well, big numbers, big fan base. We're always trying to grow that. So what I'm trying to tell you is that I want to give you a blank Scoop canvas on which you can paint as many rumors as As much reckless speculation, informed (laughs) speculation. Yeah, I hope it's informed. As you, as you, well, I mean, you know, Sid for years is, I think some of it's informed and some is completely reckless. So you have the opportunity to basically take this stage right now over and tell us what's going on.
4: I did 30 seconds of prep for the next 30 minutes or 20 minutes, however long this is But takes. you're good at
2: talking, so I have complete Yeah, integrity. I'm
4: capable of that. So I wrote down a few things. Okay, let's keep the Gophers football theme going. There will be some NFL teams in attendance tonight. So, Judd, you're suggesting a lack of buzz? There's not necessarily a lack of buzz among NFL and CFL teams. They feel like the Gophers have some NFL players, whether it's Donnell Green at left tackle, You've got Jared Weiler at center, certainly Rodney Smith at running back. I think Blake Cashman, with his special teams flexibility, will land on an NFL roster. The kid from Eden Prairie, the former walk-on, I don't think he gets drafted necessarily. Maybe he has a big year and gets drafted, but I think Blake Cashman has a chance to play in the NFL. Then you look at some of the non-seniors, guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., others. So they have some NFL prospects. So here are the teams that will be in attendance tonight to scout the Gophers and... New Mexico State. I won't sit here and pretend like I know who New Mexico State's NFL prospects are, but clearly these scouts know who those guys are. It's the Los Angeles Rams, Mm -hmm. the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Jets, the San Francisco 49ers, the Buffalo Bills. In fact, the Bills will have two scouts at tonight's Gophers game and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings will have four scouts at tonight's Gophers game. So seven NFL teams total 11 scouts. Why are the Bills sending two Total. just out of curiosity? That I don't Do you know. know? <laughs> Who knows? It might just be one of those schedule things where they're here, then it's yeah. easier to get to South Bend. I was going to say maybe this. Maybe on Saturday for Michigan-Notre Dame. This th-
2: Thursday night game is absolutely perfect, right? Because it allows them – this is basically the stop over to a big-time game on Saturday then. If Correct. you want to go scout a Thursday or night Or
4: if game. you're an East Coast team like the Jets right. or the Bills, yeah, you lay over here for a day or two, easy to fly out of here to get to somewhere – on the West Coast. I can also say that 17 NFL teams have had representatives scout Gophers practices going back to the start of summer camp. All right. All right. What else do I have here? Bouncing all around. How about some Twins talk? Yes, and I've got a question here, too. Yeah, well, and they'll call some guys up here with September 1st roster expansions happening. They may wait until Monday. I mean, just let those guys finish out the season through Sunday. Uh Mm-hmm. Maybe even, do they play on Labor Day the last game of the year for AAA Monday? Regardless. Is Monday the 4th?
2: They may wait. I think that's the last day. I think I saw that the last Monday day. Monday is the 3rd. Okay, I, th- I thought I saw that the last day of the regular season in AAA might be the 4th. I mean, but they anyway. may call
4: up a pitcher and then sure. wait on a guy like Buxton or a position guy next Monday or Tuesday. But I do think Nick Anderson, Brainerd's own former St. Cloud State pitcher. I had him on the Scoop podcast a few weeks ago. Great story. He was completely out of baseball a few years ago. Mm -hmm. He was working with a local guy, Brent Krause, who was a great player for the St. Paul Saints back in the day, helping renovate houses. Like, he was completely out of baseball. He was pitching for a town team. But, I mean, professionally speaking, he was completely done with baseball. Gets back into it. He's one of the best strikeout guys in the International League. He has absolutely earned a call-up. Now, he's not on the 40-man roster, but the Twins have – Versatility there for creating 40-man spots when you talk about guys like Irvin Santana who's hurt. They have other guys who are injured that you can just transfer to the 60-day DL, create that 40-man opportunity. So creating a 40-man opportunity for Nick Anderson is not all that tough. So I do think at some point in September we will see Brainerd's own Nick Anderson fulfill his lifelong dream or at least his dream of the last 10 to 15 years of making it to the major leagues.
2: Uh, answer me this, and uh, we talked about this for a few segments on the Wednesday show as well. Why? Is, what's going on with his Buxton thing? I mean, I've been told that that this is legit. That it is not a it is not a given that they're going to call him up. What would be? Now he played, I believe, last weekend three consecutive days. He has started to hit again. He's actually doing pretty well right now at Rochester. Why would there be any deliberations? And we got a couple notes saying that it's actually the service time could impede that. But is there any good reason that you can think of, including the service time issue, not to call him mom?
4: Well, I mean, that's what it would be, right? But now, they that, would never, I mean, that'd ha- be ridiculous, they couldn't dude? ever admit that. And even on background, you know, the vibe I'm getting is, no, service time is not an issue. Unless it's, hey, he's finally healthy. We've seen him struggle to sustain health for any length of time. Let's just shut him down for the year. He leaves the year on a good note. If you look at his last 10 games for Rochester, great numbers. Let him leave. That would be the only thing I could think of outside of service time because w- they can talk all they want publicly, behind the scenes. Hey, service time's not an issue. If they don't call him up, to me it's all about service time. Do you think gaining that the extra year?
2: if they don't do it, based on service time, based on, well, he's hitting well right now, and he's confident, so let's shut him down to end what for the most part has been a a horrific, nightmare type of season. Is there any reason not to completely um, rip them? I mean, I, you, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care about service time. I don't care how well he's going. You've got to get him back here, and he's got to start playing baseball, and I would keep him playing into the winter. Like this, you've got to get to spring training, not hoping that the end of 2018 helped his spirits. You've got to get to spring training knowing exactly what the approach is going to be. And if you hit August of 2019 and he's tired, that's a good thing because that means he's played lots. I just, we've been through this before where Byron gets hot for either a month or maybe two months like last year, right, Dukes? And then you say to yourself, just wait till next season. It's going to, and this thing's been a complete unmitigated disaster right now uh so if the twins don't call this kid up and keep him playing baseball into the winter i think they're making a monumental mistake here
4: well i'll go on the record i think he's coming back up okay i do i think as we talk sometime late next week i think byron buxton will be back i can also tell you that his camp would fight the fight of okay what is going on here do we need to bring in the players' association? I mean, he needs to be back there. They he should. should be back there. They should if they so do that and I think I think the twins are on that page too, okay, where good. they realize that they should bring him back. But if for some reason they don't bring him back, if we're sitting here next week yep. and he's not back, then yeah, we can ask all those questions and we can rip them to shreds. But Absolutely. The service, the
2: service time thing makes no sense to me because right now there's a there is a fighting chance that the back end of that contract won't matter.
4: It may not. They also tried to extend him last offseason. Which I thought was a good idea
2: when you brought that up.
4: They could still look to do that. So it's not like they're looking to go year to year with him. So even if he reaches the level or close to the level that we think he could, so the opposite where it would matter. They may look to extend him anyway. So, yeah, I'm not buying. Okay, It's fun to talk about. It's great talk radio fodder. It's right. fun to talk about. Well, a and and service time issue. But I just not, don't think that's an issue with them. I, I really don't.
2: And they're being vague right now. And that's why if, if they had said he's coming up, this would be zero conversation. So the fact that they're being vague opens the door for us to discuss it. Yeah, and so, I have so said, once Levine, again, this is completely yeah. fair. game. That's, that's the thing about this, and, and I think teams don't care. But the thing about this is if you're not going to tell us what an injury situation is with a player or you're not going to tell us if a guy like Buxton is coming up, that completely opens the door for us to discuss it. Like the team doesn't get to say, well, that's irresponsible. no. Tell us what's going if on. You, if you don't want us to be responsible, lay out X, Y, and Z for us. And if you're not going to do that, which is your right not to do that, then we get to do what we do. Or sure. the writers
4: get to do what they do. Absolutely. And that's why, yeah, I mean, that's why we're having this conversation. I mean, it should be really, really obvious, right, that, that Buxton is coming up. That They should have announced that already that he's coming up next week because I had to Levine on the Scoop podcast last week. I mean, he's mentioning by name Romero Latell at the time before Pineda injured his knee. You know, now Pineda's out for the year, yeah. but at that time yeah. it was it was talk about Pineda. Maybe some other pitchers like Nick Anderson. He didn't mention Anderson by name, but other guys they want to take a look at. You know, the idea of going to a six-man rotation to give Barrios a little bit more rest. You know, maybe Gibson a little bit more rest. Even going with with this starter concept, a guy like Anderson who's done it at Triple A or we Trevor him, Mayer, opener. We call yeah. them openers. Dougie. Opener. So having one of these relievers start a game or two. In September, so yep. Levine was pretty open about that. Now, I guess I, I don't remember asking him specifically about Buxton, so I guess maybe that's on me because that's pretty honest yep. in those interviews. No, they've been, very- but yeah, I mean, I saw Derek Falvey quoted by the beat reporters yesterday saying it's just not a service time issue. He went on the record saying that. Yep. But again, if if Buxton for whatever reason isn't called up, they may roll with the we want him just to be healthy. But make no mistake. If for some reason Buxton isn't called up, it's all about service time.
2: Nick Gordon. But I just don't think. I really don't think that's an issue. I don't. Nick Gordon. It sounds like is not going to come up. How much of a? He con- hasn't earned it. I was going to say, how much of a concern is that? Because you know we've all been talking about. Well, you're going to trade Dozier, and then your your probable 2019 opening day second baseman is going to be Nick Gordon. But he went to AAA, really slumped and struggled at times. Where does he stand now? Because I think the conversation now cannot be that it's an automatic that this guy's going to open a 2019 at second base for you.
4: I don't think you can head into 2019 thinking he can be your opening day second baseman. If you want to think that he can be your second baseman on June 15th or July 15th, to me, Logan Forsyth makes a ton of sense as a one-year bridge guy now. Is he open to taking a one-year deal? But he's exceeded all expectations. I mean, even when they traded for him, the idea was that Andreanza would play some second, Forsyth would be mixed in. You know, Let's see if maybe we can trade him. Now he has cleared trade waivers. I guess clear, they right? could still trade him today yep. or tomorrow if they could get anything in return. But I'm thinking it might make some sense. I mean, he's, he's made a nice little impression on them. Would it make some sense if he's open to it, to signing him to a one-year deal or some other second baseman? Sure, There's probably. a bunch of second basemen. That will be available. I wouldn't punt on Nick Gordon at what twenty two years old. Oh no, I'm, I'm the not, final chapter hasn't been written. I'm there not yet, saying that, I'm, but you I'm can't just saying, head
2: into next year yes. thinking, okay, we have our opening day second base. His struggles at Rochester only to me change the expectation there. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. You're not trading him. You're not releasing him. He still very much remains a. a potential part of your future it's just that when he went from double a AA to triple a the conversation was oh this is the natural progression we'll see him september 1st and then he'll be most likely Dozier's replacement on opening day 2019 and to your point now i think we got to pull that back and be like okay that can't be the, the expectation now and if forsyth will come back for a year on a cheap deal i'm fine with that heck you could trade him and bring him back escobar could, could come back i mean that's the the one thing That we have now forgotten because the trade was a month plus ago. The Escobar trade didn't, does not by any means preclude him from being on your team again. And it sounded like that went really smoothly. He still likes it here. There's no, it doesn't sound like there was any fracture there.
4: I would agree. Well, you know where the fracture was? Was in the clubhouse. That was the trade. Now, Heck, we can argue it's been a fractured clubhouse anyway, going back many months with Lynn and Morrison and some others, guys on expiring contracts, being about me, 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 not the team. But I'm telling you, more so than any other of the, what, six trades they made total, that was the one that threw that clubhouse for a loop. That Eduardo Escobar is universally loved. Mm -hmm. And yes, he still has many fans in the organization. So, yes. I can absolutely see them having interest in retaining Eduardo Escobar. So if they do, it's Sano, your opening day third baseman. Escobar is your opening day second baseman. He's got that flexibility. Hasn't played second base probably for a while. We've seen him more so at shortstop and third. Sure. But if you got Polanco at shortstop, and you think he can stick there? Or does Jorge eventually shift to second base? Especially when you think about Royce Lewis being what about 18 months away, maybe more like 24, but it's not like Royce Lewis yeah that is all that far off. that's
2: debatable how where, where he's at exactly as far and as then their eventually Soau's
4: probably a first baseman yes you know so do you bring back Mauer for a year or two? and I'll
2: tell you what my guess is yes.
4: On Joe and I told you this you know those close to Joe were, were talking earlier in the season, yeah I mean it seems like Joe wants to play again. You know, but then he suffers another concussion. Shooter uh, reported, You start wondering a little bit. There's been more silence by those close to Joe than going back to middle of the summer.
2: Shooter had in the Pioneer Press uh, two Sundays ago uh, uh, speculation, which I'm sure is informed. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah Shooter Char- would have the out connections. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Walters had um, two years, 22 mm-hmm. mil total, so 11 per year. I'm just saying there's been more silence. But this is Joe's call, I right? would still
4: stick to what I've been saying, that I think Joe plays again next year, and, is, and when he plays, he's playing for the Twins.
2: And this is Joe's call, right? This would be Joe's call, okay. yeah. Yep. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a break, and let's come back with more scoops, including some questions about the uh, drama-laden Timberwolves. Mackie and Judd is uh, Judd and Doogie.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to. On 1500 ESPN. Thank you, James Murphy. Mackie and Judd, at
2: least until 11 o'clock, is uh, Zolgad and Darren Doogie Wolfson. And an endless buffet of scoops, Doogie. Let's get to the Wolves. Uh, Scott Layden, the GM of the Wolves, joined us yesterday up here on the porch. Yeah, to talk I heard about, it was riveting. Uh, you know what? He's a good guy, and I don't blame him. He's not going to say much. It's just... Yeah, I, I I don't, Are you sure? I don't blame. He's a good guy. I mean, he might be a good guy to oh, some. Oh, he's okay. He's okay. But he's, one of our mutual friends. Right. I don't
4: need to repeat the whole story. Oh, okay, but let when me he say melted this. down, didn't okay. necessarily melt down. Let but me challenge one right. of our good
2: friends. I'll say this. He's, that makes me question. Things. Okay, he seems like a nice chap to us. Okay, so I'm not, and I don't blame teams for not saying much. I wish they would, but I have learned long ago that sometimes they just don't. Anyway. Uh, give me the scoops or your estimate of what is going on now, um, uh, because basically everything that you have been saying for I don't know now two months was was reiterated on the ESPN show, The Jump, which I like a lot, Nick. Friedel Friedel Mm -hmm. and Winhorse were on a couple days ago, and they talked about the gamut of things you've talked about. Cat's contract is still not signed, which makes zero sense because it's not a negotiation. It's a massive, life-changing contract that he just has to put pen to paper, and he won't do it. They talked about Jimmy Butler. Will he try and play with LeBron for the Lakers? Will he try and team up with Kyrie? Everything that you've discussed, they discussed, and they, like you, are talking to people. It's like nobody's making this up and saying, I wonder what I can make up about the Wolves. Everybody's talking, uh, is channeling inside sources. So let's start with Cat. What the hell's going on here? Well, This is not a tough contract to sign.
4: been in L.A. I talked to Tibbs out here for something that I used on Channel 5 on Monday. Tibbs said he traveled to L.A., connected with some guys, and then he said that Cat and Rose were some of the guys that were out there, but he didn't necessarily say that he connected with Cat. He just said he was in L.A., Cat was in L.A., and he met with some guys. Okay, And it was boom, boom. There was another media outlet in this little circle talking to him. So it's not like I had this exclusive one-on-one for 35 minutes to really poke and prod. So unfortunately I didn't have time to ask the obvious follow-up of, well, did you and Cat specifically – sit down and chat but through his insinuation he made it seem like that him and cat got together at some point when he was recently in Los Angeles what is taking so long i mean windy said on the jump the other day that he thinks that there's some dialogue about less than a 5 year deal so the wolves want cat to sign a 5 year 150 something million dollar deal they can write in the language where if he makes all NBA Next summer, after this upcoming season, just like he did this past season, he would get a $30 million bump. That's what happens if you make All-NBA two consecutive years. So he can make as much as $187 million. And his agent, Leon Rose, is an expert with these contracts with Joel Embiid. Others, the Wolves are willing to do that. They're willing to write in that language that if Cat makes All-NBA again after this upcoming season, it'll be a $187 million deal. So the Wolves have put all the money on the table. So you're right. What is taking Cat so long to put pen to paper? I don't have the exact answer, but I'm still led to believe that it is going to happen. The deadline isn't until late October, so we are still many weeks away. So he may continue to wait. I told you that my speculation is the longer he waits, the more that people wonder, the more that he's able to make a statement. Remember, the last time we talked to Cat was at his annual camp, at Providence Academy in Plymouth in mid-July. Remember, we tried to tap dance. They warned us, do not ask any specific basketball questions, but it was Krasinski, it was me, a couple others. We tried to tap dance around that, and he left with the words of, there are still some things I need to talk about. So he was asked about how much he just likes being here in Minnesota. And he said, there's still some things that need to be talked about. And that's the last time that Cat has done any sort of public interview. So... We're wondering if, if those things have been talked about. But I'm just telling you, presumably, when Tibbs was out in L.A. and he's saying that Cat was out there, I think a conversation took place. But we don't know how that conversation went. Did Cat hear what he wanted to hear? Yep. And I'm telling you, the longer he waits, the longer he can make a statement. Because once he signs the contract, I don't want to say it's it's done and over with, but once you're secured for five more years, six years total, yep. Your voice, I
2: think, is somewhat lost. Now, on the jump a couple days ago, when they referenced this, I did hear the part that you're talking about, Dukes, and I want to say that they made one I, one mistake. They they made it sound like uh, when the Kevin Love contract was done that he didn't want the five years. He did. They gave him – it was Con's genius idea that Ricky was going to be his max guy, and at that Correct. time there was one max contract. He did want the five. So Love Love got mad because he didn't get the five and didn't – feel wanted in cat's case this is very much though the player and his agent dictating correct so this is very different this is this is a preemptive strike of i want to see what you guys do what jimmy does before i commit for five years
4: that is accurate now love wanted the money going he the whole deal. yeah love wanted the five years yeah. he would have signed yeah. for five years and when they didn't do five his agent jeff schwartz was genius saying well we're not taking four How about you make it four, but the fourth year is a player option, so essentially it's a three-year deal, so that's when the clock started to tick, really, when it was just a three-year deal, when we knew that Kevin had all the power after that third year. So, yeah, the clock started to tick. We knew eventually that Kevin would be elsewhere. Here's the thing. You're not going to know where Jimmy stands. Jimmy hasn't told Tibbs what his plans are. Tibbs thinks they have a great chance. They can pay Jimmy $50 million more than anyone else next summer. And now there's some talk in the league that Kyrie Irving is – if you had to handicap where Kyrie's going to go next summer, that he'll re-sign with Boston. So if Jimmy and Kyrie want to team up, that would eliminate Jimmy and Kyrie from teaming up if Kyrie does indeed re-sign with Boston. But, yeah, whether it's the Lakers with LeBron. The Lakers are going to have else. a ton of room. I told everybody – well, not everybody. Half the all- league – yeah. is going to have really good cap I become, space.
2: i become convinced that Butler is going to be Next summer is going to be nuts. And, and i become convinced that in Jimmy Butler's mind, he's going to think to himself, do I want to stay here and take $50 million more, or do I want to bank on myself, go to a situation where I want to be, and then eventually, you know what? In Because athletes don't think – Jimmy Butler, I don't think, ever sits down and thinks, I'm an injury-prone aging player. He thinks I'm a superstar. Mm-hmm. So if he goes and plays with LeBron – he should think that, though. Right, right. He is a superstar, but,
4: and he'll get paid like a superstar.
2: But the point being is, I don't think that the Wolves' the ability to offer $50 million more is going to dictate in Butler's mind where he signs. I would agree. And that's what's scary about this. And, that's, and here's what I have no feeling for. I have no feeling for if Tibbs realizes that. Because he thinks that he, he and Jimmy are, are, are partners in this endeavor. And I don't necessarily fault him for that. I don't either, but it, you always should be cynical. Tibbs needs to be cynical here.
4: Well, that's Tibbs where it would did, help to maybe Tibbs have somebody needs, above
2: Tibbs, Tibbs to Tibbs needs to say to himself, am I going to get left at the altar cuz if I do if I am mm-hmm. going to get left at the altar, I need to I need to divorce Jimmy before the deadline. Trade deadline.
4: And that's where having somebody that can offer real resistance. You now, somebody tried to sell me on the idea that Scott Layden does offer some resistance to Tibbs. I'm just not buying what that individual is trying to sell me.
2: Make that two of us.
4: You know, so that's where it would help to have the structure that just about every other organization outside of San Antonio has, and San Antonio is unique because Pop's been there for 30 years. Him and R.C. Buford are always on the same page. So it would make some sense to go to a structure that every other team in the league has, to have somebody above the head coach that can be that sort of cynic. But I'm just saying, if you're Tibbs and you've got this longstanding relationship with Jimmy, you helped turn Jimmy into the superstar that he is today, I don't necessarily fault Tibbs for thinking, hey, let's play this thing out, and we feel like, but, you know, we being me, that my relationship with Jimmy, the team, you Tibbs right, thinks though. he'll be heading in the right direction, be and right. we can pay him
2: $50 million but more, then be we're right. going to resign him. Doogie, if you're, wrong, oh, I agree. if you're wrong, it probably costs you your job. Well, and that's fine, right? And at that point, say, you blow it up, yeah. You call Glenn and say he just walked. Correct. He's a Laker. Yeah. If I'm Glenn, I'm like, well, you're probably, you're fired.
4: Yeah. Because I think a lot of us would say, because Jimmy hasn't told us that he's willing to commit to us a year from now, that you have to go the Paul George route, right? Yeah. That you have to trade him. You have to get something in return. Yes. But there's no chance. We know that. I know. Tibbs isn't trading Jimmy Butler. But that's where it would make some sense to have somebody that can be that cynic, that can make that decision and use logic. You would need Jimmy to commit to you, and he's just not willing to do that. He's not telling you that he's leaving, but if he doesn't tell you, because you're going to ask that very direct question, and if he doesn't tell you that he's going to resign, to me, you have to go the Paul. G- you just do. You have to trade him. But I'm just telling you, there's just there's no chance on that front. James Murphy, what's coming up in stuff? You know, can we get to some go for basketball recruiting?
2: Got a couple requests. We'll um, do it after stuff. How, okay. How about that? All right. James, what's coming up and stuff?
4: Uh,
3: we'll dive into how a couple of quarterback situations changed yesterday and what that means for the
1: rest of the league. Let's do that next. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mekki and Judd continue with Stuff You Should Know About. What you know
2: about that? What you and actually, it's know about Judd and Doogie from the State Fair. Uh, James Murphy back in studio. Why don't you give us the stuff for this Thursday? All
3: right, so we've, uh, we've talked today about the Saints solidifying the backup quarterback position, but we haven't dove into where this move leaves the New York Jets.
0: The Jets obviously are putting Sam Darnold in a position where he looks like he's going to be the opening night starter on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. The Jets are moving bravely into the future with their young quarterback who has looked so good this summer.
3: Yeah, Sam Darnold is expected to be the Week 1 starter for a seemingly always retooling Jets squad. He has impressed enough that they are going to let him learn on the fly.
2: I don't understand and I've said this now for a while, I don't understand why teams are so adverse to telling a first-round pick, quarterback, you're going to sit for a while. Like, wouldn't it have been ideal? You start Teddy. And and Darnold gets the benefit of going to meetings, um, being in games, but not, not being immediately thrust in. He's really young. I just, I don't get why there's this need to put guys, especially a team like the Jets. You've got time. You're not going to be that great. You might be okay. It just seems to me that we've heard enough veteran football people say that adapting, that going from being a college quarterback, no matter how good you might have been, to being a pro quarterback is a massive step, and that the more time, the better. Teddy would have been a great mentor. He's a great guy as far as I I know. Doogie, I don't understand the need to rush this whole thing just just for the sake of Darnold playing as if that's going to be some type of magical experience that's going to, going to, to make him a Super Bowl quarterback.
4: Well, I mean, they could still do that with Josh McCown. I mean, they still have but they that won't. guy that's that's played a lot. No, no. I mean, Sam Darnold is going to start on September 10th, and he's their starting quarterback. So, yeah, they're not going to do that. I'm just saying if they wanted to do that, they could. Let me play devil's advocate. I mean, Sam has been phenomenal this entire preseason. There's a reason why he was the number three pick in the draft. Yep. Heck, I wonder, as much as I like Saquon Barkley, Will the Giants regret at some point in the next couple years passing on the franchise quarterback to take a running back? The answer is yes. So, Darnold slides to three. So, why not trot him out there? I don't necessarily
2: see the negative. Because teams in the preseason don't game plan? Defensive coordinators do nothing but look at film and game plan. But if you take some more, it's September, October. And exploit
4: it. You think that there's some sort of lasting
2: effect come 2019, no. 2020? No, I think that there's an incredible value in that first year to watching and learning. And, getting, and Do you and think that because of classroom? Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I think that, yes, and Aaron had to wait way too long. I mean, whether it's Deshaun yes. Watson,
4: I mean, there are any number of but examples yes. over the last handful of years of the flip side of a rookie playing but immediately yep. and I not just, falling flat on his face. I
2: just, I think that it, it is, I think this need to rush quarterbacks in now is unnecessary. The position takes so much to learn. Teams game plan for you. I, I really believe that ideally, if you could sit the entire first year, that's the best thing. If you could sit the entire first year and just learn. Because there's so much to absorb and learn. And there's so much to watch and learn. And that position requires so many things uh, beyond what goes on in the field, beyond what we certainly see. This This just need to say, well, we got Teddy, but we can't have Teddy. We got to trade Teddy. I really don't get it. I would have kept him. I would have started him. As I said, Darnold's really young. You would have kept Teddy. I would. When kept, you were getting a three in I, return, I no, had to give up a six. But I you got a third-round pick for him. I w- I still would have kept. Ooh. I I would have kept him and started him. I would have taken the third. And You know what? If Sam Darnold, if you get halfway through the season and Darnold looks unbelievable, and Teddy's played well, you can get a you can get a second.
4: I would have taken the third. I think that's just an extreme roll of the dice. Also, the Jets gave up next year's second to move up to get Sam Darnold. So. You know, they're recouping at least they're not getting back a second. But a third-round pick is pretty darn impressive for Teddy Bridgewater. So I have have no problem. I'm not just saying that for sake of arguing with Mm -hmm. you, debating you. Mm -hmm. I have no problem whatsoever with the strategy here. Murph? (gasps) Woo!
3: All right. uh, Michael Kendricks, uh, Brown's linebacker and brother of Vikings linebacker, Eric Kendricks, was released by the team after he was indicted on insider trading charges when he made nearly one point two million dollars illegally. The federal prosecutor in the case said Kendricks faces substantial prison time if convicted. Kendricks, in a statement, took full responsibility for his actions and, uh, and said he knew what he was doing was wrong.
2: Here's my here's my two cents from watching lots of le- legal shows through the years. Your two cents, huh? Here's my two cents. Could he
4: turn that two cents into like fifty grand? <laughs>
2: he could. He could. And because of that, my two cents is Michael Kendricks is about to flip on somebody. There's He's big- still going to jail, though. Yeah, but there's bigger fish to fry here. Well, I th- sure. I think you'll get a very. I think you'll get a a reduced sentence at a very nice uh, tennis play. He can go play squash and tennis for uh, for turning on the ultimate masterminds in this situation. We'll go to the Martha Stewart jail, right? Yes, exactly.
4: She went to jail. I mean, I think Played Michael is squash. going to jail, so I'm laughing at the five or ten Twitter questions I got last night and this morning saying, hey, now that the Browns have released <laughs> Michael Kendricks, what about the Vikings signing Michael Kendricks? Michael Kendricks. Is he eligible to play this season? Has the league suspended him? Because this well. might take a while to play out. This is certainly uncharted territory. This is a new one.
2: It's white collar The NFL has dealt
4: with a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah. they haven't dealt with this one though. If the Vikings could sign, if you knew he wasn't going to be tried until, let's say next August or something, and the league does not immediately move to suspend him, and he is not—well, the league is in, right, and he's not a card. No, I'm but just But yeah, a- the legal just system a- this just will asking, take forever. I'm just asking you. If you were a Spielman, would you say, well, you didn't kill somebody and you didn't, I mean, you actually did something pretty smart. You just got caught. Wow. (laughs) How do you think you're going to get away with that, though? Oh, it's so... It's so, I Although tried, it took a while, right? I tried to read this. We're st- talking 2014
4: read, for these investments?
2: I read 2015? The, I read the story. It's so beyond the scope of what I understand from... I have no idea. Well, I mean,
4: his guy, Goldman Sachs, I mean, he had the inside information on those companies. It was pretty much turning, what, an 80 grand investment into, what, seven figures? Was it over a yeah, one, 1. million dollars? Yeah,
3: 1.2 million. Let's, yeah. just,
2: let's just pray to God, boys. I just boys. don't know how
4: you think you're going to get away with
3: let's that. Let's
2: pray to God, boys, that, that Hard Knocks was still around for this. Yes. I need Hard Knocks. Oh, there's Knocks. one more episode, right? I know. Yes. I need Hard Knocks to have been around for this one. <laughs> yes, because there
4: had to be a meeting, right? Was it Hugh Jackson, John Dorsey, and Michael football. in the room yesterday?
2: Football people comprehend. DWIs, <laughs> I get. You know, getting in a fight at a nightclub, I get. How do you explain this one? Yeah, Hey, guys, guys, I got some <laughs> bad news. What's that? Did you get... Pulled over drunk last night? No, nah, I got busted for insider trading. Oh. Uh, oh. James. Uh,
3: the Aaron Rodgers contract news broke uh, during yesterday's show. Here's what ESPN's Adam Schefter had to say on the deal. Aaron
0: Rodgers is going to be tied to Green Bay for the next six years. He's 34 years old right now. Do the math. That puts him on pace to be there until he's 40 years old. That means in all probability... That he stands a very good chance of finishing his career in Green Bay. This will be the richest contract in NFL history. We've seen record-breaking deals throughout the offseason, but none quite as big as this. And like I mentioned to you, the cash flow on this deal was got was what got this deal done, and I think what had both sides arguing in recent weeks, like we said, they wanted to have the deal done before camp. It now will be done.
3: Uh, Let's get your initial thoughts on the Packers locking up their franchise quarterback until his age 40 season.
4: Doogie? I mean, you really don't have a choice, right? I mean, you had to pay him. He's earned every dollar that he is getting. Heck, it's still less than, you know, like an Andrew Wiggins type contract, right? Yes. You know, so, hey, good for him. And, yeah, I mean, all signs pointed to this deal eventually getting done. Yeah, maybe we thought the deal would get done before training camp, not necessarily – you know, a week before the regular season. But bottom line, it's done. And, heck, who's the next guy to get paid? I mean, this might be the richest contract
2: for some time. Matt Ryan got paid, right? Stafford, Matthew Stafford got Stafford, paid. Stafford got paid. Cousins got paid. Ryan got paid. The The, the only question is, who's up next? And, and is that quarterback even in this area code? Who is the next guy? Russell, Wilson? Russell Wilson? Where's Wilson's
4: yeah. contract at? I don't know. I mean, maybe in the but area the code, but no, I don't think I don't think it exceeds what Aaron got. But yeah, I mean, heck, he's he's earned it, you know. And I'm just curious to see. I mean, there's all these Khalil Mack trade rumors. Some people have suggested the Packers have some interest in Khalil Mack. Yep. Don't the Packers have multiple first round picks next year? Did New Orleans? Mm. Did they strike a deal with New Orleans? I think you're right. When New Orleans moved up. Yep. Shoot, Intermax maybe can look that up. Khalil? But Doesn't Green Bay have multiple firsts next year? So if Oakland's looking for multiple firsts, Khalil Mack and Green Bay could be a real. But prop does Green Bay the now? America's. Now I'm curious. I mean, I haven't looked at their at their cap ramifications after this deal. Does Green yeah. Bay have much cap flexibility after signing Rogers well, to match. this deal to to make a move like uh, Khalil Mack or or some other defensive
2: superstar? The answer
1: is yeah. It looks like they got two picks in the first round.
4: Yeah. Okay. So I mean, if Green Bay wanted to, they could strike a deal with Oakland for Khalil Mack. Uh,
2: my answer is this: this this sets up the opportunity for the ultimate troll because the Vikings will be looking for a quarterback around the time that that Rodgers is forty one years old. He will end his career in purple, just like Favre did. We will troll. That's all we got on the on you Packer fans out there. Our ability to troll you by getting your quarterback <laughs> at the end. All right. Let's uh, take a break. Doogie, tell us. Uh, give us the tease. For the Gopher basketball scoop that you're going to, well, they were supposed
4: to have a recruit on campus tonight. Okay, they were supposed to have a recruit at the Gopher football game tonight. All right, but he won't be here anymore. Find out who that is.
2: Perfect. Back after this.
1: Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On fifteen hundred, ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Like this. Entertainment. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
2: TCL Broadcast Studios today happen to be the uh, porch here, 1500 ESPN. If you want to come check us out right by the grandstand uh, and also the KSTP Channel 5 uh, building. All right, Darren, final segment for you. Let's return to the uh, scoops and tell us what's going on with Gopher Basketball, a recruit you said was supposed to be at tonight's game and now won't be. What's going on there?
4: Yeah, before we get to him, yeah. I'll make note of Geno Crandall. De LaSalle was a great player at the University of North Dakota last year. Richard Petino and the Gophers wanted him. He chose Gonzaga. The paperwork isn't done yet, so he's not technically on the Gonzaga roster quite yet. If all things go as planned, he'll eventually be on the Gonzaga roster, and I actually think Gonzaga has a legit chance to be here next April playing in the Final Four. They have a lot of good players back, and if you add a Geno Crandall to that mix. They have a lot of good players, but still not done, so I'm curious on the local guy from Minneapolis, D. LaSalle High School, Gino Crandall. On the Gophers, Austin Crowley, four-star shooting guard, verbally committed to Vanderbilt the other day. He was supposed to visit starting today. He was Uh, supposed to be here today and tomorrow. He announced on Twitter about a week and a half, two weeks ago, his final three, Ole Miss, the Gophers, and Vanderbilt. He visited Vandy, chose to not even visit here, so the Gophers miss out on another 2019 recruit. 2019 recruiting isn't going so well. I'm not quite sure they'll get the kid from Breck who they offered late, David Roddy, but they at least have a chance there. Don't necessarily like their chances on Zeke Nagy of Hopkins or Matthew Hurd of Rochester John Marshall. They've got some other top 150, top 200 players coming in in the next couple weeks for visits. They'll fill the scholarships, but it's just, it's unfortunate that they're swinging and missing a lot because you include Tyrell Terry of De La Salle High School who is going to Stanford, you include Tyler Wall of Lakeville North High School who is going to Wisconsin. Uh-huh. You know, and there's there's a chance that they go O for 5 on Minnesota but, kids. Now, it's also worth mentioning in the same breath, you know, you look at this year's recruiting class with Daniel Oturu of creighton darham Hall, Gabe Kausher of De La Salle. Not that they beat a ton of schools for Gabe, but they certainly beat some really good schools for Daniel. I mean, Kansas wanted Oturu. Michigan State was about to offer Oturu. I mean, they beat some big-time schools for Oturu. And then Jarvis, O'Mersa. So they're bringing in three local players to this year's team. So you can't say that local recruiting isn't going well. Then they got Amir Coffee. It helped that Fred Hoiberg left Iowa State when he did. But, hey, they still got Amir a couple years ago. So they've gotten local guys, but it would just be a bad look, I think, if Patino goes 0 for 5 on 2019 Minnesota Kids. So, Wall, Terry, so they've already gone 0 for 2. Zeke Nagy, Matthew Hurt, and David Roddy of Breck. There is a chance that they go 0 for 5. What is the uh, pressure like on Patino
2: going into this season? I think there's a good amount of pressure. Now, I like the team he's got. I think he's got some guys. And I think he called it, I believe I, I saw a quote that he has now called this the most talented team that he's had going into a season. Ooh. I saw a quote yesterday. They were pretty good heading into were, last year. I, was I mean, say they were what
4: preseason? 15th, top right? top fifteen. Nate Mason is a darn good player. I think they were
2: fifteen last going. You into know, last
4: Reggie season. Lynch, when his head is screwed on right, is a good player. So you know, you can make a case. Last year's team uh-huh. was pretty darn good heading into the year. But yeah, I mean, I like these guys. You know, I mean, we're wondering about Eric Curry after missing a full year. He hasn't even been fully cleared yet. But we talked to Eric out here yesterday, and Patino. Curry will be fully cleared. Amir Coffey has been fully cleared. Brock Stahl just got to campus yesterday. The Wisconsin Milwaukee shooting guard transfer—they beat out some decent schools for him. I wonder about the point guard position. I mean, where is Isaiah Washington in year two? I hope a lot. Better. I told you he had to have. i got my fingers. The crossed. biggest summer of his basketball career. Forget AAU summers, and he had to dedicate himself fifty million times more. Than he ever has. He had to work really, really hard. I haven't gotten any feedback yep. to suggest that he didn't.
2: We're not too but concerned. But I just know it
4: was an incredibly big summer for Isaiah Washington.
2: We're, we're not too concerned, it seems like, right now about the jelly roll like we were last year at this time. No. We were very worried about what no. the jelly roll was all about. As I think we the concern get... is
4: we'll even have an opportunity to deliver the jelly roll at any moment during a gopher's game. Yes. You know, but they've got some guys. I mean, they've got McBrayer, they've got Stahl, they've got Murphy, they've got Coffee, you know, they've got Curry. You know Oturu's coming off shoulder surgery. You know, they got Stockman back. He's seven one. I mean he hasn't played a competitive game for years. But he's a what, a fifth year senior, so he's old and he's seven one, so he must be able to do something. He's an old man. You would hope. Then you've yep. got Kausher who can shoot. You know, patina will tell you he can do more than shoot, but His calling card is shooting. Omersa is their best athlete since Rodney Williams Jr. So Mm -hmm. there's there's something there. So I mean they've got guys, you know. But how soon will all this come together? Whitstall coming aboard, you know. When Oturo is cleared, you know. Curry coming back after missing the year. How soon can everything come together, you know? But I think they
2: have a chance to finish middle of the pack in the Big Ten, maybe even top five. Thank you, Doogie. All right, Judd. So Dukes is done. Manny will join uh, up here on stage next. Roy Smalley at 1130 for Talking Twins. Matthew Collar also in the noon hour uh, to update us what's going on with the Vikings with the fourth preseason game tonight. The show is Mackie and Judd. It's about to become Judd and Manny, and that's next from the State Fair. People,
1: people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN.